Bubba, Matt, and Kate are scattered to the winds before their 100th episode. That means you get the B-team of your cut man, Jonathan, and his longtime friend, Aaron. But fear not, we will be talking about what games we've been playing, the billion-dollar slugout between Fortnite, Apple, and Google, the spoiler-free reflection of Death Stranding, and The Last of Us Part Two. That and more on episode 99.5 of the Free Play Podcast. You are listening to the Free Play Podcast with Bubba Stallcup, Matt Warmbier, and Kate Katawaki, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. My name is Jonathan Clausen, and you are listening to the Free Play Podcast, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. Joined with me is not Bubba Stalka or Matt Warmbier or Kate Katawaki. They are on vacation, playing board games, visiting dead cowboys' houses, or playing with animals. They are just not here, and when they come back together in a week or two for episode 100, you will get to hear their voices and not mine. Uh, I am the cut man that you never hear that Bubba always mentions, but I am joined by my longtime friend, Aaron Hansen. Say hello, Aaron. Hi, yes. I am the last demon that was let out of Pandora's <laughs> box, and I'm here with John today to ruin his life. And as he does on numerous occasions, um, and we're just going to be talking about things that we've been playing, what's been happening in the news. We're recording this on a Thursday evening, the day before it goes live, so we're going to have some up-to-date news for you. Uh, for the show today. So uh, first off, as we always do, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. Uh, and Aaron, since you are the guest, you get to start. Do, 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 <laughs> do, do, do. Um, I mean, the Animal Crossing update just came out. And because I have been waiting on Nintendo to deliver something a little bit more meatier, um, I held off on the first update and then came in just a bit ago on the August update. Um, and my island is full of weeds. Um and, and your hair is all crazy, you said? Oh, yeah. yeah. In any Animal Crossing, like when you've been gone for like an extended, extended period of time, you come out of your house and your hair is like... <laughs> um, <laughs> How long is an extended time? Um, it's been like two months. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been a hot sec um, because, I mean, you know, like if you look at my like Switch Online profile, it's fully... I have played for over 135 hours, you know, because the end of the world happened right when it came out but um i just i wanted something a little bit more meteor i i honestly nintendo could have delivered new leaf 2 for me um and i would have eaten it up um and while i love all the customization stuff um i just want more things to do in the game i want the animals to give me errands i want to have more shop upgrades i just i want more well what was in this update that made you come back um fireworks fireworks in any game i love like final fantasy 14 they'll do fireworks every year around the moonlight fair um and i eat it up every single time i I sit in the home area and just listen to the soundtrack and just watch the fireworks in the sky I, i eat it up in any like games of service kind of nonsense um so i came back for fireworks who has better music animal crossing or final fantasy oh my 14? god final fantasy 14 the breadth the it's it is immense i mean you've heard me talk about 14 before it is yes you convinced me to buy it again and subscribe for six months and i still haven't played more than two hours that of sounds it. like a personal problem it, it, it um, is 
patch 5.3 has come out within the past two days, please join again where they have streamlined the original first like entire release of the game. Like yeah, because didn't 2.0. I saw some. I was reading through the news feeds and everything was like, "This is the perfect time for new players to come back." The free trial now includes um, all the way up to the first expansion, um, like so you can go all the way up to like level 60, I think, for free. Um, that's not bad which is insane it's an insane amount of content what's the level cap on the game 80 i want to say it's 80 right now yeah Um, because 70 was stormblood and then 80 was shadowbringers um i just hit i finally finished shadowbringers a month or two ago and then i like i held off on a couple patches then i came back with this one um and uh transcendent Uh, maybe I'll get into it. I'm. I'm no, you're not. You're no. gonna play Death Stranding again, and then you're gonna play like Borderlands again for like the seven millionth time. No, Borderlands Three did no. It did he not says sound. this, ladies and gentlemen. But then, like, I'm gonna get a text in like a week, being like, "I'm playing it again." Borderlands Three did not grip me. I loved one. I loved two. I'm one of the weird people that actually enjoyed pre sequel. Borderlands Three didn't do it for me. You heard it here first, folks. He's a weird person. It just didn't. I played the first expansion. I played a little bit of the second. I just... Ah. something. The main thing for me that Borderlands 3 I did not like was the user interface and the gun selling mechanics. It it was so annoying that it... You, okay, in the first two games, you had this beautiful interface where you could sort all your weapons, right? Pistols, shotguns, assault rifles, grenade mods, all this stuff. In Borderlands 3, it's like they threw them all together in a popcorn maker, and they all exploded, and you can't sort them, and you have a hard time selling them. And it was so annoying until they fixed it. I quit until they before they fixed it, and I have no desire to go back. All right, well, but you just said that they fixed it, so that means you'll probably go back. No, I'll play Metroid Prime 3 before I... I (laughs) Friends, that is a long-running joke where his son and I have been bothering him to finish Metroid Prime 3, um, and he refuses to do so. It is the one holdout and is the one point in his life where he has power. Um, folks, and uh, the we'll only get him. place. Yeah. We'll we'll get him. I did start over. I did create the new save file. You so did. That you there, did. I was there for that. Yes. Yes. Um, and this time, I'm going to have to use a strategy guide of some sort because the thing that held me up last time was I got to the final part of Metroid Prime Three, and you have to have this one item from this one Federation ship, but you can't get to it unless you have found all the batteries and all the other levels, and I'm missing like three, and I felt no desire to go through a checklist and go through all the batteries because I couldn't remember where they were, and I wasn't going to spend 20 million hours backtracking through every level or going through some online checklist. So I'm just like, I'll start over, and I'll make sure I get them as I go. You said it was like what ten hours you'd already played. Like it's ten yeah. hours. Who cares? I'll be. I'll. I'll live. You're. We're. We're in our thirties, people. I don't care about a strategy guide. I have the guide. I know, and I will use it. I have it out. It's sitting on my. It's sitting on my IKEA coffee table upstairs, and I shall use it after I get bored with Death Stranding. We uh, we have some product placement there, folks. IKEA guys. Wowzers. Well, you okay, so you've been playing Animal Crossing and you've been playing a bit of Paper Mario. Anything else? Yeah, um, I've been playing Paper Mario, which I like a lot. And this is my first Paper Mario um, because I am an awful person. Um, and while it is delightful and any game that you could possibly describe as charming, I've probably already thrown money at it um, because I love whimsy. Um, and it is hilarious. And I don't think the battle system is 
quite deserving of the hate it's probably gotten online because it works. Um, but it's the I, one with the circle, right? Yeah, it's like a little, it's a little mini puzzle game, um, and it's fun. Um, it's not like wildly gripping, but it works. Um, I they probably could have just made it an adventure game, and like it probably would have flowed better. Because um, I do find myself avoiding like trash mob fights. Mm. Um, is it? It's not random encounters. If you see the enemy, you can yeah. run up and start whacking them. Or, it, or I mean, it still takes you to a separate like battle screen, right? Yes. But it's not like you're wandering around the field like in an old school Final Fantasy, and then the screen flashes, and then you're in secret battle land. Yeah, no, that's how it is. Okay. Yeah, uh, you get you get your own little battle scene. It's like a, it'll it'll say like whether it's a wave battle or blah blah blah. All this is like in the weed stuff. Um, the for the most part, you can avoid the battles. You see them on screen, but every okay. once in a while, you'll hit a point where they're like random enemies, blah blah blah, um, and they throw them at you. Um, and so you have to go through a trash mob fight, and the game throws coins at you, which is basically experience. Um, so you never really need to battle like. You just they give they give you so much. Um, but game, would you say the game is too easy? I wouldn't say it's easy, but I do think the battle system can be a little tedious. Um, but like it's still fun, um, and the writing is top notch. Like it is just relentlessly hilarious. Um, but I do think that it's still once again not what like from what I've seen what people who play Paper Mario want, which is Thousand Year Door again. But it's not the same, though. It's two different it's the ideas same of a game. But it's, yeah, it's the same series, but it's a completely... Di- By this point, we're how many Paper Mario games away from Thousand Year Door? Three? I thought four. Maybe? We'll Super, no, Super Paper Mario, um, Color Splash, and Sticker Star, or whatever. I, those are... Color Splash was after Sticker Star. So, yeah, we're four, four away. Okay. Yeah, because the... yeah. Developed by Intelligent Systems, blah, 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 blah. Thank you, Wikipedia. Well, there's also, like, parts, like, a lot of the, like, the stuff that, again, from what I've read, this is not firsthand knowledge here, but I just like being on the internet a lot because I'm a nerd. Um, and I like reading the discourse. Um, it's that a lot of the stuff that, like, Thousand Year Door excelled at Miyamoto didn't like. There's a lot stricter restrictions on depictions of Mario now, mm-hmm. um, and like new characters that like subvert what we think of Mario things um, aren't allowed. That's why you see a lot of the origami characters come in because they are completely new um, and not from the Mushroom Kingdom, as it yeah. were. Um, and so that's where I believe. Um, what they have to do based on what I've read from developers. That's like, this is what we have to do concerning Mario because there are now restrictions, uh, from Nintendo. He's like on the Mickey mouse level. You always have to have two ears showing at all times, no matter which direction his head is turning. Kind of basically, you know, like it's, they're like, Nope, this is not what we deem Mario now, which I mean, that's, that's very Nintendo where like, I love them deeply and like, they will have a grip on the physical manifestation of my nostalgia at all times. Um, they are also truly just stubborn as a company, but it's also where they got to where they are. So, yeah. you know, womp womp. Yeah. Well, you've been dealing in whimsy. I've been roiling in nihilism and 
I, I don't even know what to call Death Stranding. I would say it's nihilistic. The Last of Us 2, I would call nihilistic. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say Death Stranding is. I would say no. Death Stranding's pretty hopeful. Death um, Stranding is probably... It's so weird. It's I, kind. I, I finished Last of Us Part 2, and we're not going to talk about spoilers here, so don't worry if you've now heard those and you haven't played either of those games yet, which, by the way, if you haven't, you should. Um, yes, we're buy, not, consume. We will talk very generalisms. We will not talk spoilers, so don't worry. You don't need to fast forward. Um, I finished Last of Us Part 2, and as... In my 38, almost 39 trips around the sun, it is the most depressing game I have ever played. Narratively, beautifully constructed, visually, Naughty Dog's finest work to date. But there, it's it's like Breaking Bad. There's no hope anywhere. And then you move over to a game that I just wrapped up again, Death Stranding, which... It, I mean, is it a walking simulator like a lot of people complain? I would say, yeah, it's a fair assessment of it. But at the end of the day, it's about connections. Like you can't, Last of Us Part Two has a body count that rivals like some small wars in third world countries where Death Stranding, if even one person dies, it turns into an almost hour long process of trying to fix the mistake before you basically destroy the world because of what you just did. I would even say Death Stranding is like, a walking simulator and like I stand everybody goes to the rapture which is a walking simulator that is a walking that simulator. is a walking simulator death stranding is more like amazon simulator <laughs> you know um uh, i i wouldn't i wouldn't give it that but i will say that like um just how not uh, hmm, i would say death stranding is very hopeful comparatively um and how it treats the world itself as peaceful and like i don't know i don't have my thoughts organized together on this but <laughs> i like i like i like it a lot because i also like japanese nonsense a lot too and this is a hideo kojima game and this is the guy who did metal gear uh the guy who did zone of the enders so it's very very out there, and you were watching me play parts of it. And mm -hmm. like you were, one thing you said that struck me, and I don't think it follows through all the way to the end. But there are notes, I guess, and this is true of most anime. There's a lot of notes of Ava in it. Evangelion, banger, cruel <laughs> angel thesis, banger. Maybe we'll play that for like ten seconds before the YouTube copyright algorithms bop. Yes, right, yes, but I mean. But you can you can draw a thread too. Like I mean, like at the end, especially like you can draw a thread with like the Kingdom Hearts nonsense, which uh, I eat up with like a shovel. Um, just give me end of the world dramatics. I adore it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like yeah, you could you could you could draw a line to it. But I don't know whether. Yeah, I don't think it follows through all the way. One thing I I got to the end. Of, of Death Stranding, and again, we're not going to spoil anything, but the, the thing that the, the journey that Norman Reedus's character takes, or Sam Porter Bridges takes on this metaphor with a sledgehammer approach that Kojima is He's famous for. He's literally a porter that crosses bridges. And builds bridges, mm -hmm. and connects people on a chiral network. It's insane. And with his Norman fetus. <laughs> yes, with Norman fetus. It has a name. We won't, we won't say what it is, because you find out fairly late, but it does actually have a name. Um, at the end of it, he's gone from this loner who has no connections, who doesn't care about anybody, who's become this now altruistic person who loves everyone that he's been with and has has forged a connections no matter how much he tries to deny it in the game. And it's just a very touching experience. And even though the only interactions you have with humans are either through a cinematic narrative or as you're delivering stuff to people, 
like your actual interaction with people, people like the way you and I are sitting across from a table right now. We can look at each other. And this one, you're interacting with people mainly through holograms. And it's so weird. It's Kojima loves to comment on technology and its effect on society. The, the entire thesis of the game being it's because you on that phone. <laughs> yeah, because you don't get paid in money. You get paid in likes. If you find other people who have built bridges or zip lines or other things to help you in the game, you pay them back with likes. It's so crazy in how it, it has no negative interactions with other people, which I also really like. Um but yeah, it's just it's just it was such a refreshing game to play after Last of Us 2, which just left me hating life and hating people and hating everything cuz it was just so so heavy of a game. It's it's like when you finally finish Breaking Bad and you're just like, "Okay, I need to go watch a Disney movie for like 10 hours to rebalance your brain after what you just watched." Um are, you have Death Stranding. You have not played it yet yourself. No, I, uh, I I very rarely like playing anything other than my, my Switch, um, which, you know, I like my PS4. It's just fine. But uh, if I can sit and watch YouTube while I play something on my bed while I, like, you know, play handheld, that is the that is the Switch for me, baby. That's, I love it. Um, the only games where I probably didn't, like, play a lot handheld were Breath of the Wild um, and Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2 because uh, Monolith Soft Worlds are giant and deserve to be HD. And Not I wanted it HD, you know, like since Xenoblade Chronicles 1 was trapped on the Wii in 480p, I wanted it, <sighs> you know, in at least 720. So let's see, you know, see it there. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, we won't go into that, but it was nice to see it on the Switch finally, for sure. And also, if you like to watch other people play games, don't forget we at Love Thy Nerd have our own Twitch channel, which is, of course, Love Thy Nerd. And as always, we encourage you to take a look. If you are an Amazon Prime member, don't forget you can subscribe and help us out here uh, by joining the Prime Gaming Service on Twitch. It is free. You get one free subscription. Just feel free to go over to Love Thy Nerd on Twitch. We'll have the link in the show notes, and you can subscribe. Or you can, if you're feeling really generous, uh, you can give gift a subscription to someone or multiple subscriptions and uh, help us out. You can watch shows like Matt Plays Games Badly. Uh, you can watch Bubba play board games with his kids and complain about spiders running around the floor of his garage where he tapes, and so on and so forth. <laughs> Uh, but that's about it. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this, and we're going to talk about some of the news this week and the consoles coming out later this fall. We'll be right back. to the second section of the free play podcast i'm your host again jonathan clausen and joined with me as always is uh the physical manifestation of your father's disappointment aaron hansen welcome back aaron always a pleasure to see you even though it's been like <laughs> 
Aaron's over at my house a lot, um, and whenever I leave, I was raised very formally, and I'll always say, thank you, Aaron, for coming. Have a wonderful rest of the night. Drive safely. And your response to my pleasantries and my genuine uh, thoughts of concern for your well-being are always... Yes, exactly that. So apologies, uh, fair listeners. So what do we want to talk about this week? There's been a few developments. We're recording this on Thursday. Um, It doesn't really matter to me too much because I personally detest this game, but I know a lot of people play it. A lot of people love to give their money to it, and we're, of course, talking about Fortnite, especially if you play it on mobile devices. As of this recording, Fortnite was taken off the iOS store. Now, it doesn't mean you can't play it. If you still have it, you just can't update to the latest version as of this recording, which is Thursday at it's a little after 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and this is currently developing. But apparently, uh, Epic has decided to do what they are not supposed to do as app, hold, as, um, app publishers on the Apple Store, and that is allow people to buy Fortnite V-Bucks directly without using Apple's in-app purchase thing. Um, which cuts Apple out of their 30% cut. Um, Tim Sweeney was very vocal uh, about this. In fact, uh, he posted something back on July 28th on Twitter, and I quote, Apple has gone crazy. If colleges hold virtual classes through an iPhone app, Apple could demand 30% of the tuition. Truly, Apple has no right to take any percent of any company's revenue just because they made the phone people use to access the stuff. Should also note Tim Sweeney is worth $9 billion, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Aaron, what's your hot take? <laughs> I mean, it's a fight between two billion-dollar companies. I don't care. You know, like, I, there's a, I suppose that there's, like, oh, I hate giving anything to Apple. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there was the contract that they entered into, like... I'm sorry. It's not like some righteous fight. You yeah. know, it's not like the government taking your money. It's a business contract. They have no right to take 30%. Get out of here. Whatever. You know, like, just. Well, just to, to clarify on Apple, I'm reading directly from Apple's uh, developer website. Uh, section 3.1.1 says, if you want to unlock features or functionality within your app, by way of example, subscriptions, in-game currencies, game levels, access to premium content, or unlocking a full version, you must use in-app purchase. Apps may not use their own mechanisms to unlock content or functionality such as license keys, augmented reality markers, QR codes, etc. Apps and their metadata may not include buttons, external links, or other calls to action that direct customers to purchasing mechanisms other than in-app purchase. So, by Epic offering people the ability to buy V-Bucks directly through the app, not through Apple's payment gateway. They are in violation of this. So Apple yanked it. And now what's really interesting, it's not surprising, but the the Fortnite PR machine is in full swing, uh, kind of rising the fans up against Apple, which doesn't surprise. And it also is amusing because it's the same tactic that like Valve used against the Epic Game Store. Like, gamers rise up. Kind of nonsense. Which, how incredibly gauche for... Oh, God, I'm so pretentious. Um, for them to use this when, what, 30 million people are going to be you know, on the streets by September because of evictions? Mm-hmm. You know, like, grow up. I, Which, I, I suppose that's rich as I'm on a gaming podcast right now. But... <laughs> It's it's just like, man, just deal with the thirty. Like you are a billion dollar company, like thirty percent. Oh my god, get out! 
And then like I okay, so like I get the usage of like the 1984 ad in when you've made a de facto social hub um, right now while we're all you know not somewhat quarantined yeah. um, unless you're an essential worker. Right. And um, app and what Aaron's referring to, if you haven't seen it, because this is fairly late breaking at time of recording, is uh, Fortnite is doing a kind of a. I don't know what you would call it, a parody. A subversion. A subversion of the iconic 1984 app from 1984 when Apple introduced Macintosh because they had this great ad. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It is, uh, how did you describe it when we were, before we were recording? You said it was an iconic moment of advertisement or something like yes, that. Yes. Um, as a person who wants to go into advertising but despises, you know, corporations <laughs> um, because I'm a moron at all times, um, it is an iconic moment of advertising. Um, much like I think it's, it is just something that like is emblazoned on um, the media's, you know, cerebellum. Like it's, mm-hmm. it is a piece of advertising that you can always recall. Yeah. Um, or refer to. And they're running a very similar ad mocking it for Apple being the closed off Orwellian state that they themselves were mocking back in the 80s. Which, you know, that is a fair take. It is a fair um, take. That is a fair take, but also epic. Get out. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, uh, I know. And I can't get any more money. Ah, uh. oh, man. But uh, so... Yeah, and it doesn't mean you can't buy the V-Bucks. There's many avenues to buy V-Bucks, even if outside. Like, if you go to any uh, any physical retailer, uh, whether it be Walmart, uh, GameStop, it's uh, Target, doesn't matter. They sell V-Buck cards that are platform agnostic. You can get V-Bucks on any platform and not have to do it digitally. So the only thing you'd be, you'd be losing as a consumer is the convenience of doing it on your phone. And... Uh, and we always suggest go out and support your stores. People definitely need as much you know job security as they can right now. So if you know of a retail store that you like to shop at, if it's a local mom and pop shop, if it's a GameStop, if it's a Target, if it's a Walmart, um, they sell those cards, go out and get it. Spend some money locally. Help, uh, help out the local area if at all possible. Uh, also, speaking of <laughs> finances... Let's talk a little bit about what we have coming up in November. Microsoft has confirmed, vaguely, that the Xbox Series X will be out in November. They have not confirmed a date, but they have confirmed that month. We still don't know a price. Depending on what site you read, it can be anywhere from $399. I've seen as high as $899. I've seen it all over the map, and uh, I have no crystal ball or inside sources to tell me what it's going to be. I think that... Both platform holders are waiting for each other to blink. But regardless, I think it's safe to say we're looking at at least close to $400 plus any games you want to get, any extra controllers, that charger base, all the accessories that you're going to want to get day one. You're looking at least around $600-$700 purchase. And this is a tough time for people right now. I mean, thankfully, both of us sitting here are employed. But there are a lot of people that are not. It's it's a rough patch all around. So what? How, if you're a console holder, if you're a platform holder like Sony or Microsoft or even Nintendo at this point, and you see the sales of your consoles just shooting through the roof right now because everyone's at home and has been spending their money on stimulus checks, what are your thoughts as we go into the fall season and as we go into the holiday season and we're going to see Target's already announced they're closed on Thanksgiving, Walmart's announced they're going to be closed on Thanksgiving, uh, we don't know about GameStop yet, and we, or other retailers for that matter, we have these expensive consoles coming out. What are your thoughts about, 
are people going to be able to afford them? Should people be buying them day one? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, as always, like if you can afford to do so, like knock yourself out. Um, I, uh, as a person who has worked uh, in many industries uh, that have been open on Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, good, good that they're closed um, for one. Like it should have been that way, regardless of whether we had the end of the world going or not. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, it just feels like you're already pushing back Halo, you know, which, oh my gosh, that's like their killer app that they have for Microsoft. Um, yeah, and anyone watching that stream, it was, I mean, the gameplay looked fine. The the grappling hook looked great, but those graphics, and granted it was on a compressed stream, but later if you go back and you watch uh, another version of it, the uh, direct upload, it still didn't look, wow, this is the next consoles. It just, eh. And... I do think that we are getting we are we've already reached diminishing returns in terms of like, you know, photorealistic graphics. And as a Nintendo stan, it's not like I am like, wow, fidelity, you mm-hmm. know, um, but I just I I do think it's somewhat a little reprehensible um, <laughs> to go on and like have this advertising cycle and to go on and have like. To want to push these consoles out at the end of the year. And, like, I get that many people's jobs are on the line for it. And I get that, like, these are things that were set into motion long before um, the end of the world happened. But as we have seen, the United States' response has not been spectacular. Um, and that will be a, the one of the biggest markets for these consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it's a little... It's, it's not great to continue going on as so if, if you nothing were on so if you were microsoft or sony what would you do i mean if, if you had the power to do what you felt was conscionably right in this situation what would you do i don't know that's like that's the thing and of course i'm sitting here uh armchair you know quarterbacking yeah. you know i i don't know it's it's i guess you know maybe push it back but it's so hard like and I understand like I've seen this a lot with like my shows wanting to go out and go to a concert again you know mm-hmm. um, I've seen people have to basically postpone until they can figure it out and while like there are dates being announced in like Europe and things like that um, where things have settled down a little bit more um, I still don't know when I'm going to get to go see Lady Gaga in a dumb pink outfit again yet you know like <laughs> um uh, I guess maybe push it back to like, I think the spring. I see. I was thinking like Q one or Q two, mm-hmm. but even There's, then, it's still not going to be great. Maybe around tax time. When people I suppose, get their tax returns back. Yeah, maybe that that would be like a wiser decision because, you know, uh, and and it, take a, take away the discussion of the of the the capitalistic morality of it, if you will. Oh, but, but that's all I ever want to talk about. John. I know you do, but let's think about the supply chain issues too. If you if you are someone who's been trying to find a controller, a headset, or a console of any kind the last few months, you know that it has been hard to get a hold of them. If you are one of the few who have been lucky to get into a Target or a Best Buy when a shipment comes in and they just happen to have them, great. Or if you saw one on Amazon that you had to have, but the only option was you know, the $600 plus scalpers who had, you know, held on to them and are now reselling them. It's, it, it's hard in supply chains. Um, my wife works with uh, supply chains out of China and they're still not back up to full speed. And 
some people have even thought that the reason Walmart and Target have said they're not going to be open on Thanksgiving is, is they may not have the supply for a lot of the stuff that they want to have in stock, that a lot of these cheap things that are on sale may not be in stock by the time Black Friday rolls around. Um, but regardless, you may if the consoles do launch, Xbox is committed to November as of this recording. We still don't have a time on PlayStation. Um it's probably. I'm willing to guess that it's going to be a very, very limited first run of these I'd, consoles. I'd have to imagine it would be. I mean, you saw how Switch supplies were when you. I mean, you know how supplies are. Like, even though sales are through the roof, mm-hmm. it's still hard to get this stuff in. Like, as a bartender, I constantly have to tell people, I'm like, I don't have that beer you want right now because we are still literally in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, these things aren't available to me and I can do the best that I can with getting you something similar, but I can't give you that same experience. I think it's going to be the same with Sony and Microsoft. You're not going to be able to get the supplies that you need. And I know Nintendo in their like last quarterly financial briefing, they said they were like pushing up and getting more supplies in and like things mm-hmm. are getting better for them, I, I suppose. Um, and they I, also made so much money i know i love it It, it's so it's so like and this is like the biggest hypocritical part of me um (laughs) and that where i'm like capitalism but then i'm also like up at three in the morning when uh, nintendo's financials come out and i'm like yeah animal crossing sold 22 million wow you know (laughs) like ugh, god i'm the worst um It's okay. I'm the same way with anything Square Enix puts out. It doesn't matter how horrible it is. I will just throw my wallet at the screen. Nope. I get it. Uh, it. Speaking of horrible in Square Enix, that Avengers beta. (laughs) Wow. Awful. Um, (laughs) Just wretched. Sorry. I I played through the the first mission through Taskmaster twice. It looked fine. It looked serviceable. It didn't wow me. It didn't look horrible. I enjoyed Captain America's combat. I enjoyed Black Widow's combat. I did not enjoy Iron Man's. Did uh, not. Thor's also was bad, and yeah. also the Hulk. Um, it, it's. I, I I don't know how to put it into words because I didn't spend that much time with it. I'll probably spend a little bit more next weekend uh, when it's open beta for everybody. This weekend, starting by the time you hear this, it should be, it'll be open to PlayStation users or everybody. Uh, pre-orders for the Xbox. If you've pre-ordered it at a participating retailer, uh, you should have a beta code. If you don't, call your retailer. Uh, And then I believe, I can't remember if Steam is this weekend or if that's next weekend as well. But I know next weekend, uh, everybody will be able to play it over the weekend. Yeah, was not that impressed. Just, I mean, it's going to be like Destiny, but Marvel Avengers. And... Don't do Destiny like that. Don't that that <laughs> like Destiny. Okay, has like a lot of problems, but that gameplay loop is wildly satisfying. It is everything else about the game is is what it is. Um, but <laughs> I, you know, like at least if like the actual like fighting gameplay loop of the Avengers was satisfying in like the same way that you know like any major action game is mm-hmm. right now you know like and i get that this first level that because you, you you play as all the avengers except um it's got to be like a a, a a full entire vertical slice of the cake it, yeah Check exactly it. it's it's roughly the same thing i played at a at a closed door conference back in september of last oh, year someone special <sighs> yes i am i'm so important mm-hmm. but it, it hadn't 
changed. It didn't feel that different. It, it definitely had more polish. Um, and the characters don't look so off as they did. I mean, they're definitely not based on the MCU versions. You're not going to have Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo and Scarlett Johansson's likenesses in this. And it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be a separate universe. But they always felt a little off. Now they feel like they've come into their own, at least in the way their depictions are. But yeah, man, that just the gameplay did not grab me at all. No, and like I know that like this is going to be a big thing for them. And, uh, you know... As a person who delights in nonsense, uh, I will always be there for Square Enix um, for giving me Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasies and all that mm-hmm. nonsense. But And it's a big game, too, from two studios that haven't really done anything of this scale. It's The primary on it, if, I, if I'm correct on this, is Crystal Dynamics, the mm-hmm. Tomb Raider studio. And then their support, I don't know if they're the same level, if they're like, 6040, whatever, is Idas Montreal. They've done the Deus Ex games. And th- that's that's who's making this. But, I'm, sure, I mean, I'm sure tons of other studios have been outsourced to uh, to help make this, but those are the two primaries on it. Square Enix is just publishing it. Yeah. yeah. But hey, the PlayStation's got Spider-Man exclusively. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. Um, I, I say, as, as I loved the, you know, the Insomniac Spider-Man, but like... It's not as good as the Insomniac Spider-Man. So. No, it's not. You think the Insomniac should have made the game? Um, I mean, I stand Insomniac, and I have since like Spyro. So you know, um, it's hard for me to not be like, yeah, they should make it. But you know, I'm I'm waiting on Miles Morales, and I'm waiting, you yes. know, on the next Ratchet and Clank. So that's fine. You know, those are the ones things that I wanted from them, anyways. So, mm-hmm. but also, I don't super care about Marvel games as it is anyways so and then games themselves um we had some rumors early on that games were going to go up 10 bucks and they were going to be 69.99 for the next generation systems uh looks like ubisoft is committed to 59.99 on their earnings call do you think as someone who is so ardently behind the capitalistic system Aaron? absolutely right (laughs) well i mean games have been 60 bucks since around the end of the PS1, beginning of the PS2 era. It's been pretty consistent. Yeah, absolutely. It's That's what now? Almost 20 years, give or take? And games have not risen in price. Do you Would you have been okay with a $69.99 game price point? Or do you, do you think it should have gone up? Do you think it should stay the same? I mean, I'm a person that paid $60 for, uh, what, a 15-hour remake of a Game Boy Color game? So, you know, my level of value for for money is a little different. Um, but, I mean, I, I, absolutely costs have risen um, to make games. Um, but here we go. Um, <laughs> are the people actually making the game seeing the money if those prices rise um i would feel okay paying more for something that i know that like the people who actively made it Mm -hmm. um are getting the money um and having equitable labor yeah um not based on metacritic review scores or no yeah like or profit sharing like uh or whatever borderlands and 2k or uh gearbox does it's it's just I don't think the current AAA system is tenable um, in the future. Um, and as costs rise, yeah, absolutely, like, prices will have to rise. Mm-hmm. Um, I I understand, like, how that goes um, because making, a, you know, an SNES game isn't the exact same as making a, you know, a friggin' PS5 game. Yes. Um, 
Like if you just sit and watch the credits from any AAA game now, I mean, it takes it's a movie itself. Yeah, it it really is, and the num the amount of studios that get outsourced to for the small work, um, it's insane. How many people go in? It's, puts a Marvel Avengers movie to shame how many people work on it on a on a single triple A title game and the crunch the yeah. crunch environment. I've I've worked at a triple A studio, not on the dev side, but I've been there when the people have been huddled over their dev kits, wanting to go home, looking like they've and I've seen them sleep at the studio and I'm just like, this isn't worth it. But then you look at a studio like Nintendo and what they've done with Animal Crossing. And, I mean, look at how they've handled themselves with the whole pandemic situation and the way they treated their teams. Um, that was one of the things that I was sad to have, you know, Animal Crossing be pushed back originally. But at least they were, like, open and honest saying it's like they wanted to treat their employees better, which that could easily just be a PR stunt. But I believe the best of Nintendo because they <laughs> hold my childhood memories. Um <laughs> And it's just things like that make me want to support you more, like treating your employees better and giving them a little more um, than what is normally considered uh, as worthwhile treatment in terms of the game industry. It's something that I uh, want to reward with my money, you know, Um, and I was going to buy Animal Crossing anyways, but it kind of softens the blow of it having to be pushed back a full, you know, financial quarter or two yeah um in terms of me getting my complaining animal simulator you know <laughs> um and you see that like throughout the end of the world that they have maybe pushed out content um a little less than i would like obviously um, but since they don't charge for any of that, it's not like I'm like sitting here like, my money's going nowhere. No, these are all free updates. And like, this is the same team as Splatoon 2. Like, it's like the same development team, uh, under Nintendo. And when like they were up at like, when they were like full steam, Splatoon 2 got like mad free updates after it released. Um, you have and Splatfests and, and whatnot. New weapons all the time, new new gameplay modes. Just they, they showered that game in content, um, unlike Nintendo has done with Super Mario Party Get Wrecked. <laughs> um, it's, and so I know that I think had like the end of the world not happened and like other working conditions. Uh, had been different, I would have gotten a lot more um, in terms of content from Animal Crossing, and I wouldn't have paid a dime for it. You know, like this yeah. is just like what they do, um, which is one of the reasons why I, you know, love to buy Nintendo um, because even though they have some of the worst consumer practices in the industry, they also have some great ones. You mm-hmm. know, um, and because they make pretty colorful games that I like to play often. You Indeed, know? So. like Tokyo Mirage Session. Oh, God, baby's first JRPG nonsense. I love it. Oh, just absolute nonsense. Just give me them singing and fighting demons. Transcendent. But that's more Atlas than it is Nintendo. That's true. That is very much more Atlas than that. Well, that's going to do it for episode 99.5 of the Free Play Podcast. Thank you for uh, sticking with myself, uh, your cut man, Jonathan Clausen, and... Aaron Hansen. So uh, also don't forget you can follow us at the Free Play Podcast and Love Thy Nerd on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Love Thy Nerd on all three platforms. And don't forget, we now have masks, people. 
We've got cool masks with our LTN logo. So if you feel like uh, wearing some nice capitalistic branding, no, I'm just kidding, we're a 5013C. Don't worry about that. If you would like to wear some masks, some clothing, some themed llamas, anything that you would want to show your love for Love Thy Nerd and help support the work that we do, uh, just head on over to lovethynerd.com. We'll also have a link to the shop in the show notes on our website. And if you are not a part of our Facebook group already, feel free to jump on the Facebook and look for Love Thy Nerd. And to get into the group, you only have to answer a simple question, what's up, nerd? Uh, you can type in almost anything you want. Bubba will take a look at it, and you'll be in. And if Facebook's not your thing, because uh, if you're under 35, uh, you can also join our Discord server. Again, we'll have the links for that in our show notes. And you can listen to our other shows, the Polis Podcast, the Book Club, uh, Humans of Gaming. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Music, YouTube, Radio.com. And as of last month, we're finally on SoundCloud. Uh, and if we're not where you like to listen, just let us know. Uh, we'll put it where we can. And that, I think, is about it. Aaron, do you have any words of wisdom for us before we uh, sign off? Uh, stream Chromatica by Lady Gaga. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Free Play Podcast. And uh, be with us uh, next week when Bubba, Matt, and Kate are back for episode 100. And you don't have to listen to me and Aaron uh, again. Thanks so much. Have a great night. You have been listening to the Free Play Podcast with Bubba Stallcup, Matt Warmbier, and Kate Katawaki, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. Be sure to rate and review the show and share on all the social media. <laughs>